Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the D1 Only Podcast. My name is Eduardo Villalpando and this is a very special episode because it's the first episode that I'm actually recording in front of my guest, not only through the phone but in front of him. So yeah, it's a special one. Um, his name is Brent Boleslav. Welcome Brent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Brent is a former NCAA Division I student athlete. He played for the Niagara University Purple Eagles, and at the moment he's doing his master's degree at the University of Buffalo. During his junior career, he was a three-star recruit, while in college, as I previously said, he was a four-year scholar athlete at Niagara University. So congrats on a great junior and college career. Thank you. Um, so let's just kick things off by talking about how, you decide, how did you decide college tennis is what you wanted to do with your tennis career? Yeah, so um, I think I've always wanted to play college ever since I really started playing tennis and really focusing on tennis um, as my main sport. And, um, you know, I was just thankful for the opportunity that when they came forward and I was really happy that I got to play in college and that was always been my dream. Yeah, was your dream always to play Division One tennis? Like, is that the mindset a lot of junior players have? Or is it just college tennis in general, no matter if it's D1, D2, D3, or NAIA, or whatever? Um, for me, it was just college tennis in general. I didn't really have a preference. Um, I looked at, in recruiting, I looked at some D3 schools, some D2 schools, and then obviously a few D1 schools, and um, and ended up just being at Niagara was the perfect fit for me. All right, perfect. And when did you seriously start looking into the recruiting process? And would you say it was a bit of a stressful process just because, I mean, if you start a little bit late, then you may not get the offers that you want. Or if you're looking sometimes at a particular school and you don't get an offer from that school, that may get a bit of, of stressful. So would you, how would you say that whole process was for you? I think it all started around uh, junior year of high school. I started first getting emails, and then I would go to a few showcases that would be in around New York City. I think I went to one in Florida, where it's just in front of all college coaches, D1, D2, D3. And then I would talk to college coaches there, see what kind of players they were looking for, what they expected from players. And just kind of talk to even schools that I wasn't really considering at the time. Just talking to coaches, understanding what they looked for in players, I think was helpful for later down the line when talking to um, schools I was very interested in. Okay, and would you say this showcases that I think is the ITA that does the is like an ITA summer circuit or something like that that they do it like all over all over the U.S. Do you think that helped you in your recruiting process or just maybe to give you a little bit of exposure, I guess. Yeah, exposure, and then um, for me, it was like uh, obviously the tennis was very important, getting to play in front of a lot of coaches and um, getting to meet a lot of the other players who were going through the same process and their thoughts on everything, and then just listening to all the coaches, um, really seeing how they operate their teams. Um, and going and how they go through the process and what they're looking for in each kind of player and what kind of athlete and student they want to bring to the university. Okay. And did you hire an agency for all of this or were you just all on your own the whole no, time? No, it was just me and I had my parents to help me out with the whole process. Okay. And as I previously mentioned, you were a scholar athlete your four years in the NCAAs. In, in the NCAA, so I guess it's safe to say you were academically inclined. 
When you were looking for schools, would you say you were trying to find a good combination of both tennis and academics or just a good academically speaking school? Uh, I think it was a combination of both. Uh, obviously, academics were important for me, but also I wanted to go somewhere where I knew I could play tennis and I could um, play tennis at a high level at any division, but academics always came first. I wanted a good mix of both, so I wanted to make sure I was, one, getting a good education, and two, being able to really find a team and a tennis team that would um, be a perfect fit for me. Okay, and what other schools were you look were you talking to at the end of your process aside um, from Niagara? It was well, Niagara was the final choice. I also looked at Siena. Um, I applied to Colgate, St. Lawrence, uh, University of Mary Washington, and there was probably a few others in there. Wait, so out of those schools, which ones are Division One? It's Siena, Siena is Division One, Colgate, Siena, Division Colgate one. and Niagara. And Niagara. What's what are the other ones? Uh, St. Lawrence and uh, University of Mary Washington. Okay. And so being from Syracuse, New York, of course, you're in, in, in the western part of the state. How did you decide going to Niagara University was a right fit for you? Um, well, I came for my visit and I talked to professors in the department. I got a tour of the school. I talked to the coach. Uh, I met with the team and it was just... Um, For, it came down to a mix of um, money, uh, the academics, and being a good fit for the tennis team. So, um, and it really just happened to work out where Niagara, I thought, was at the time the best choice for me. Okay, that is actually crazy to me because especially a lot of guys who are looking at schools near of their hometown, like yourself looking at Siena and Colgate, which I mean Colgate is in Syracuse, so right at home for you. It's just crazy to me how you make the decision to go to Niagara, having so many schools like near your hometown, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, Niagara really wasn't even on my radar. The um, It was getting late in the process, and the coach at Niagara reached out to me and sent me an email and said, hey, I see you haven't picked a school yet. Um, would you like to just come take a visit? And so I said, yeah, I mean, of course. So I went and talked to him. And I just really enjoyed it, and then um, ended up committing. Yeah, what's in, what was the name of the coach? Uh, Jerry Thor. Okay, and also shout out to Mike Mucci, and shout out to Eric Garcia, if you're listening to this, the two latest coaches at the Niagara University tennis programs. And how would you say you dealt with the transition going from high school to college, especially because your major is or was biochem, so it must have been not easy balancing both at first. Yeah, I mean, I think as with most other people when they get to college, it was a bit of an adjustment, um, putting time in and effort into studying while also trying to maintain uh, athletic practices and staying in shape while also still trying to balance a social life. So it just took time and my first semester probably was, it was my worst semester in college academic wise. And then from there it was... It steadily climbed, climbed, and got much better. Okay. And what advice would you give an 18-year-old just incoming freshman in terms of balancing athletics and academics? Yeah, um, I think it's it's good to have like a planner and to make study, make specific times that you have set aside for, hey, I'm going to study between, 
you know, three to five, I have this two-hour window between classes or between practice and class where I'm going to sit down and study instead of um, maybe hanging out and or being with friends or sitting down and watching TV and doing what else. Um, because you can make time for that, especially later in the day. Because for me, it was if I didn't study during the day, if it was past 9 p.m., unless I had a big test coming up, I was terrible at studying and focusing past 9 so it was making that time beforehand, putting hours aside throughout the day where I could really just focus and study during those times. Okay, yeah, that's smart. And actually, something I want to talk about is about the party scene in college, especially for student athletes, because I think just, I mean, not only student athletes, but just every single student has like so much access to all of these things, like, for example, alcohol, drugs, women, among other things. So what's what in in your opinion what's the secret sauce if if so called that um to get maybe not lost in the whole college environment and keeping your priorities straight because i mean i'm not saying of course you you are not allowed to party but you have to do that in a way that it doesn't affect your tennis and academics i guess yeah i mean it's college that environment exists i'm not going to pretend like it doesn't even at like every school but it's always like knowing what should come first, having your priorities straight. Like for me, it was grades and tennis come first, then maybe a social life. And then once in a while, like when everything else is in uh, good situations, okay, like maybe then I'll go to a party tonight. And it's not like um, I was putting off homework or tests, anything. Like those always came priority number one. If we had practice in the morning, of course, we're not doing anything. If we have matches on a weekend, of course, we're not doing anything. It was putting everything else first as priority number one, also trying to maintain good shape, and then everything else, social life, comes after. But also, I think it's all about surrounding yourself with uh, a good group of people. For me, it was my teammates at the time, and it even freshman through senior year, uh, we had a good bunch of people who understood like, hey, school, tennis needs to come first. Yeah, for sure. And would you say, would you say for a student athletes is, uh, I don't, I don't really know how to phrase this question, but do you say, would you say student athletes have it harder in, in terms of having a social life just because of how many things they're doing in a day? Um, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's a little different. It's like for the also same people who work maybe like 34 hours or 30, 40 hours a week while studying for school. Like it's, we have t time commitments that maybe normal students may not have, but I think, uh, all the other student athletes have that as well. And they also understand what everyone else is going through. So I think like for me, like I had my teammates as my social circle and then, I was able to move outside and the people in my major, other uh, teams and meet new people. And, you know, everyone, at least within my circle, understood like, hey, we have this time commitment and this has to come first. But like, I'm still going to try and make time to do everything. Yeah. Okay. And 
I want to talk about just the the student athlete life at Niagara University. Uh, many juniors may always think about schools like UCLA, USC, Michigan, and all these big programs. But from your experience at a mid-major slash small Division One school, how would you describe the program and just the student athlete life at Niagara? Yeah, I mean, obviously the biggest difference is going to be like uh, school size. If you look at a school like even University of Buffalo, where I'm at now, is over. I think 30,000 kids across three different campuses. In Niagara, we had, including our grad programs, I think around 4,000. So just class sizes in general is a big thing in that. I remember one class I had was one of my uh, biochemistry labs. It was just two students. It was me and another girl and the professor. So, I mean, that was good getting the one-on-one experience with, right with a professor that you might not find at other different schools. But as far as student-athlete experience goes, um, yeah, I think it's still, like, we're still expected to train just as hard as everyone else. Um, We still have courts and everything as far as tennis goes. But, um, you know, it's a little bit of a different experience. We obviously don't have maybe the huge facilities that other schools like that have, but we still have our own student-athlete gym, we still have areas where we can work on our game and our fitness. Okay, so that's... So, I mean, it's not... I wouldn't say it's a huge difference. Like, of course, like the athletic programs in big schools have way more money than small Division One schools or maybe even mid-majors. But I would say, like, the student-athlete life, I agree with you. It, it's a bit of the same. Of course, has a different proportion, proportion but I, I'll say it's the same. Um... For the players who don't know, what would you say is the main difference between a school that is in the Power 5 conference and a school like Niagara, which, as you previously said, has only 4,000 students? But, I mean, is it still the one, but maybe not the same, I guess? Um, I mean, yeah, class sizes and school sizes, obviously, probably the biggest difference. But um, as far as student-athlete, obviously, like, we don't have football here, and that's a big draw for other all other power five conferences so um i think it's more of a small community feel like uh you get to see everyone around campus multiple times throughout the day which can be a good thing uh, compared to maybe bigger schools where sometimes you only run into people maybe a few times a semester where i can see other people on other teams almost every day just walking through um the dining halls and everything like that all right and you got the opportunity to be a captain for the Niagara men's team in your senior year. Um, at the end of the day, that's a spot someone or somebody has to fill on every team in the nation. What were some of your responsibilities while you were the captain? Um, yeah, I think it was just uh, being, well, try, trying my best to be a leader. It was me and another captain. There was two of us, uh, both of us working together for um, fundraising opportunities um, some volunteering ap- opportunities that we could do as a team, uh, trying to keep everyone on task and make sure that everyone was mentally doing okay on and off the court and checking in on everyone and organizing captain's practices, of course, is obviously a big thing. And then being um, like a messenger from the coach to the players and trying to mitigate things between coaches and players and try and be that next line up 
Okay, that's pretty good. And actually, I like that you talk about mental health, like just checking in on every player on how their mental health is doing. Uh, I like asking this on every episode. How much would you say you worked in that aspect of yourself while in college? Because, of course, student athletes go through so much, like just like doing study halls, practices, gym, going to class. And on top of that, if you're dealing, if they are still dealing with like, I don't know if they're going through some something at their homes or with their parents or anything like that or with their girlfriends. So how much would you say you worked in that aspect of yourself and how would you say you like what advice would you give student athletes who don't know how to deal with that yeah um i think as far as mental health goes the mac itself our conference does a wonderful job with mental health awareness and um i know the student athlete committee always sets up um they have outreach people you can talk to that are specifically for student athletes and they do a really the conference does a really good job of preaching mental health um, talking about it, being open about it with not only just your coach, but if you don't feel comfortable with talking to your coach, uh, they have other resources. Um, as far as myself going there, um, while I was at Niagara, I don't think I made use of any of those resources. There are times I probably should have, but um, it was more of me talking to my close friends, my teammates, uh, if there were any, there was, if there was ever an issue, I know that they were always there for me. Okay. That's pretty good. And I also like that the fact that even though tennis is such an individual sport as a, in, in juniors and even in the pro tour, when you come to college, you're coming to a family. So as you said, you're always your closest group of friends were the guys that were in the team in the same team with you so i kind of i kind of like that because you're never on your own you can all, always talk to other people and rely on other people i mean i wouldn't say rely on other people but just like you can always talk to them because at the end of the day they may be going through the same things that you're going right yeah i mean yeah obviously juniors is very individualistic and um your wins and losses are that of your own but once you get into college it's yeah uh you could lose your match but the team could win and it's at the end of the day that's all that really matters is the team giving it its best go so but yeah i've always been really close with all of my teammates I'm even living now with uh, one of my teammates who was, when I was a freshman, he was a senior, and now uh, we're both living in Buffalo as roommates, and I've kept close contact with a lot of my old teammates um, that I graduated with freshman and sophomore year that are even on the team right now. Yeah, shout out to Mark, what's his last name again? Makowski. Shout out to him. Um, so now you're doing your master's degree, as you previously mentioned, at the University of Buffalo not playing anymore just as a regular student how would you say that changed your mind your overall mindset because like would you say you have more free time now that you're not an athlete and how would you compare both experiences from being a student athlete from now to now an ARP yes I mean well technically so far I'm also I'm coaching at nearby tennis clubs so the tennis life never really escaped me I'm also volunteering as the assistant coach for Niagara University for the men's and women's team. So that also helps give up any of the free time I had. But as far as like uh, transition from undergrad to a master's degree, I mean, I think one of the biggest things I took away from playing 
in undergrad was uh, time management. And that's one of the biggest things that has worked really well for me in my master's. Now that, um, you know, schedules are a little different, putting time aside for um, research, also doing classwork and a lot more classwork and homework than that of what I had in undergrad, but still being able to get everything done on time has been absolutely crucial, at least for as far as I go. Yeah, bros, I imagine that it must have been like a, a bit of a cult. I mean, I wouldn't say a culture shock, but just like really different going from Niagara University where you're a student athlete and the, I, I guess the average class size has to be like 15 to 20 people and then you move to the University of Buffalo where you're not an athlete anymore and the average class size is also like 100 people so it's like I must I guess it was like really a really different different experience yeah it's definitely at least in my program the class sizes aren't too big we might have around 40 to 50 people ish per class so at least within my program but the whole I'm on the smallest of the UB campuses and it's probably probably bigger than all of Niagara and the amount of people I run into every day all my classes are in one of the same building which was different from Niagara would be running every class is in a different building the science building Vinny and then being able to hang out in Galley and now I can just hang out in one building all day have all of my classes in our one pharmacy building we have a library in there we don't i don't even know need to go to the school library so it's just every yeah it's just a different experience yeah different monster and so one last question before we get to the final segment of the podcast uh, how would you say being a student athlete helped you become the person you are today um i just think it helped me mature quicker get used to um being more of an adult sooner because uh, I realized as freshman, like I have to step up and, you know, put in time, effort into what my priorities are going to be, whether that be tennis, school, and really learn how to do things and do things efficiently and in the right way. And I think that's really helped me in life outside and especially in a lot of other aspects of my life between like now my master's degree social life outside now and um making friends and yeah all the other things would you say you started maturing when you came to college your first year or was it something you realized you were doing like unconsciously like your second or third year i would just it's just I don't really have a timetable. I think it would just be something I just grew into. Like, obviously, I spent four years at Niagara at some point. There's, um, like, there's gonna, a lot's gonna change going from an 18-year-old freshman to a 22-year-old senior. Yeah. But it was just something, like, throughout college, gained new experiences, learned new skills, and um, just had a whole new life lessons throughout all of my experience. Yeah, that's what I've actually been trying to do with the podcast because I've had a couple of guests who were like ranked top 10 in the junior ITF rankings and basically they were traveling all over the world. So they were kind of forced to mature at an earlier age just because they were not living with their parents and they were not having just this regular high school experience. But um, I, I like that you're telling me like this story, how you went from living with your parents then moving to Niagara which is still close to 
to your hometown, but you're becoming your own man. So big props to you on that. Um, so this is the last segment of the podcast. It's called the D15. It's just a rapid five rapid fire questions. You're going to answer them as fast as you can, okay? Okay. Syracuse or Niagara Falls? Syracuse. Juniors or college? College. Favorite college memory? Senior day. Most listened artist at the moment? Most listened to artist. Uh, the baby. <laughs> Buffalo or Niagara? Okay, I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a UB or is it UB or Niagara University? Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a flip it. So a small, a small school or a big school? Uh, I preferred the smaller school uh, aesthetic and being closer with the professor. All right, perfect. Uh, well, that's all I got for you today, Brent. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was, as you know, a really special episode. The first time I can actually record it live in front of my guest. So uh, yeah, I appreciate the time just like keep for keeping it a hundred with me and with all the guests and with all the fans, sorry. Well, thank thanks for having me, Eddie. Yeah. Thanks to all the fans for tuning in to another episode of the D1 Only Podcast and see you next time.